The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. This car came into my lane and I just tried to avoid it and they said, you know, we don't see any evidence of another car at this moment and we just, we just think you're trying to make something up so you're not responsible for this. And I looked at them and I said, well, responsible for what? I said I had insurance and they said no for the two girls that are dead in the car over there. Wow. After tragically losing her daughter in a drunk driving accident, Renee made a courageous decision that would change everything. I was able to look at him in his eyes and say to him, I forgive you. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Betty and this is Jane. You know, we're giving away at the uh, end of the program uh, praise music, songs of freedom, because God just really, Jesus came to set captives free. And uh, we really want you to know that that's why it's here. And one of the things that holds people captive is, is a, an imprisonment to unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and hate. I mean, it's been said by a great man, and I'm not going to quote it exactly right. I don't even remember who it was, but it was someone on the level of C.S. Lewis, that when you take out vengeance on someone or unforgiveness, you're digging two graves. And that really is the truth. Well, we've got a miracle story of forgiveness. Let me tell you something else I want you to remember. No, no, they're going to put it on the screen. Stream.org. That's a website. It's a gift from God to you for freedom's sake, for the glory of God and the benefit of everyone you love, tributaries of wisdom and love to help correct a nation's perilous course and awaken a church to be the family of God in holy harmony. Our guests are a miracle story. Um, Renee Napier witnessed, not seeing it, but the effect of her daughter and a friend being killed by a drunk driver. The drunk driver was named Eric Smallridge. The mother of the daughter and her best friend who was killed with her, the mother of one of those girls was moved to do something pretty well, you might say, indescribable. And Eric drove the car that killed the two girls, including Renee's daughter. Would you welcome Renee and Eric to life today, please? Well, it's, uh, it's one of those things that you never want to even hear about, talk about, certainly don't experience it. You lost your daughter and another girl. Right. What happened? Well, my whole world crumbled. I just um, fell apart. I, I, could, I did not ever want to know what it felt like, like you said, to lose a child because I had four and she was one of my identical twins. Mm. And I just, um, at, at that moment when I got the news, I didn't know how I was going to breathe another breath. Did you go to the scene of the accident by any chance or just go to the hospital and find out that it was over? What happened? Uh, my sister-in-law showed up at the door. It was a Saturday morning. It was about 8.45 and she showed up at the door to, to give me that news and she just said, there's been an accident. It was Megan. She didn't make it. And of course, I denied it. You know, that's what you do first. I screamed out, you know, all, all those years that I'd been hearing about wailing and uh, I learned what wailing was, and it just came out from the depths of my soul. 
Now, it was a drunk driver. Did you find that out pretty quick? I did. That was one of the first questions that I asked, was the, was the driver of the car drunk? And my sister-in-law said that they believed that there was alcohol involved. Okay, and your, your daughter was 20? 20. And was her friend the same age? Yes. Were they best friends? Best friends. Mm -hmm. All right. So there's another family torn up. Right. Okay. Now, you... <laughs> I mean, you did you resent... Did you find anger and resentment toward the person that did this just welling up inside of you? At that moment, no, because I was too just struck with the grief yeah. and just trying to figure out how, you know, you, you want to go back in time and you want to redo that. You want to, mm -hmm. you know, I was saying, why didn't I make her come home last night and spend the night with me? I mean, she's 20 years old, you know, and, and I, I did ask her if she wanted to come and stay, you know, but she was going to stay with her friend and why didn't I make her do that? You know, so you start playing sure. the what if game and, and if I had just done this, she would still be alive. And if I could just go back in time. Yeah, and you play that over and over. Over and well, over. Well, you do it with any situation right. like that, even right. if, it, if it is an illness. Right. Could we have done something different? Right. All right. The trials come. You mm -hmm. found out what's going on. Found out Eric, who's sitting here by you now, right. was the driver. Right. How long did it take you to realize, Eric, you're driving, you know, you, you shouldn't have been driving in the condition you were in. And you, what'd you do? Run a light? Did you, what, what'd you do? Uh, I was actually just uh, driving down the road. Um, I was the three lane road that merged into two. Um, the car next to me went to merge over. Um, alcohol affects your depth perception. Um, whether he was really close to me or not, um, I thought he was. And so I tried to swerve away to, to avoid him. And in doing so, I clipped the car next to me. And uh, you know, they say, uh, you know, that pride comes before destruction. And there was that pride in me that night that thought, I can do this. I can, I can make it home one more time. I'm o I've only had a couple drinks, and I can do it again, and I'll be okay. And that pride, that, that fleshly uh, confidence, that false sense of security uh, allowed me to get behind the wheel of that car. And in doing so, um, I became responsible for taking Renee's daughter and the life of Lisa Dixon. Were you hurt at all yourself that night? I wasn't really hurt. My car, uh, my truck rolled a couple times. Um, but I actually walked away from it. All right, did you know, how long before you knew what had happened to the girls? Uh, it actually was a few hours because uh, I was knocked unconscious briefly. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the only injury that I uh, really had. And so they, they took me aside and they put me in a police car. And at that moment, you know, I, I thought that I was probably, I had been caught for drinking and driving. Um, I had no idea what the severity of the accident really was. I knew there was a, an accident. Um, I started to formulate my, you know, my, thought process, oh, this car came into my lane, let's try to blame shift, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to blame it all on him because whatever was coming my way, I didn't want to be responsible yeah. for. But at that point, I had no idea what was coming. And so um, they took me to the ambulance. They asked me uh, if I needed help, and I said, if I needed any assistance, and I said, I did not. They said, well, we're going to take your blood. And I said, well, why, why would you need a blood sample from me? And uh, they said, well, because this is a, a, an extremely bad accident. And I said, well, I mean, I have insurance and, mm -hmm. and what's really going on? And they said, well, that's what we're trying to find out from you. And I said, well, this car came into my lane and I just tried to avoid it. And next thing you know, my, my, my vehicle's rolling down the street and here we are. And they said, you know, we don't see any evidence of another car at this moment. And we just, we just think you're trying to make something up so you're not responsible for this. And I looked at him and I said, well, responsible for what? I said I had insurance. And they said, no, for the two girls that are dead in the car over there. Wow. And that's how I found out about it. And so uh, my heart just sunk. All right. So you actually, you find out the circumstances. You find out this. He does go through a trial. Right. 
and he is convicted and sent to a lengthy prison sentence. When does situation or feelings toward him, when you know what actually happened, mm -hmm. tell me what begins to go on in your life because there's every room to have tremendous resentment for the, the boy, right. young man that killed your, your daughter and right. her friend. Well, I have to just back up a little bit and just briefly tell you that three years prior to Megan's death, I, I got divorced and I didn't want it. And I experienced bitterness and hatred and anger and I realized what that does to you. Towards your spouse. Towards my spouse. And um, on the day that Megan died, I had a moment alone with him and I was able to tell him that I forgive him, uh, that I forgave him. And it was huge because... You're that, saying that to your partner. I said it to my ex-husband and... That Why did you say it that day? What was going on? I just felt like this... Oh, I, it was like it's time to draw that line in the sand. This has got to be enough. No, your enough. resentment was killing you. It was you killing like me. It, you could feel that. I could feel it. And I, a friend of mine had pointed it out to me. But I just knew that I had to tell him face to face. We had that moment in the car. And it was just like God just lifted that burden off of me immediately. So you actually experienced a miracle of releasing that resentment and hate. Did that then carry over to the person who killed your daughter? Absolutely. So what did you do? How did you express it to him? Well, um... I decided because I'd felt the hatred that I was never going to hate anyone again. So I fought that. I would not, I would not allow myself to hate him. But you need to know something else that, um, that I noticed when the police came to my home about three days after the crash with the accident report. I noticed they had told me that he was 27. My sister-in-law told me he was 27 on the day of the crash. And I noticed his birthday and I realized he was my son's age. They were the exact same age. And so my immediate thought was, you know, that could have been my son. Yeah. And I'd be pretty arrogant as a mom if I didn't realize Care. that my son mm -hmm. could make a, a choice. You know, it's all about choices that we make. And so um, that kind of made me look at him as a human. Uh, and so I'm glad that I kept that in sight because he is a human being, made a bad choice. And, you know, um, going down the road, when he, when he pled not guilty... I really wow. then experienced rage okay. and anger and not not really, you know, just at the situation and I couldn't understand why he would do that because it was so obvious that he's the one that caused that, you know, and so, um, so there I, I definitely had it. Yeah, oh, I had but he it. goes to prison now. You're in prison. How are you feeling now? Oh, I feel like... You have a long sentence. I feel like I deserved what I got. Um, and the only reason why I pled not guilty, you know, at this time in my life, I was wandering kind of aimlessly. I had really good upbringing. My dad was military. My mom was in school administration. Uh, I had two older brothers. I had every opportunity there was to succeed. But there's one thing that was really lacking in my life, and that was Jesus Christ. Um, I had not accepted him. I believed in God, but I was, I was just talking the talk. I wasn't walking the walk. Nothing that I was doing was pleasing to God. And so I was, I was without that. And so I was trying to bear this burden on my own. And so when the lawyers told me that, you know, that you got to blame it on this other car, you can't say you're sorry or else you're, you're accepting guilt and you might as well just plead guilty, you're going to prison for 30 years, I was a scared little man that uh, was a shell of a person and I just took their advice and I pled not guilty uh, because I couldn't handle it. And I didn't want to be responsible. I didn't, I didn't sure. want to be responsible for taking Megan and Lisa. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be responsible for letting my parents down. I didn't want to be the one that extinguished my own hopes and dreams. And so I was in a really, really dark place. 
Okay, but you end up getting convicted and going to prison. Absolutely. Now, where do you guys come back together? Where, do, where does she come back into your life somehow? Well, let me just let me inter interject this. Um, at his sentencing, I, I had been praying all up to the time. You know, and we have that a moment where we can do a victim impact statement. So at his sentencing in October 3rd of 2003, I was able to look at him in his eyes and say to him, I forgive you. And that was huge for had me. Had to be a miracle. That was yeah. huge for me. What did he do to you? You know, and for me, um, I had... I, you know, I've, I think everybody's heard of chain gang religion or jailhouse religion. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, at that point in my life, I think you can obviously understand that I was in need of a savior. Um, I became kind of suicidal, um, but somebody told me, you know, you're not beyond God's reach. And you know, while I didn't feel like forgiving myself, I didn't have any scripture to stand on. So they started showing me this. They started showing me that, hey, you're not beyond Somebody reach. in prison showed you. That's right. And so I, I, uh, I, I accepted that. And at this point in my life, um, I accepted Christ, and He gave me the strength to deal with what was to come. And I had no idea what accepting Christ was about to do with my life. You know, where, you know, and the old saying is, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. <laughs> well, at that point, I was ready to fold that hand of life and, and just, just, I was ready to be done with it and ready to take my own life. But instead, I handed that, that, that five cards. We were playing five card draw in my analogy. I handed it to God. <laughs> And what he did with it was he turned it into five aces. And the, the irony of that is there's only four aces in the deck, but I had five <laughs> in my hand. And so he turned everything around. And she came and let you know what was going on with her. That's right. And then amazingly, you began to try to get his sentence reduced or right. forgiven out of the forgiveness in your heart so that the two of you could do what? So that we could go speak together and hopefully do DUI presentations and share the story of forgiveness. I was, I was so new to the faith that, you know, when she said, I forgive you, you know, to me, I was ready. I, was, I would have been more ready for a slap in the face, you know, because yeah. my flesh in me still sure. understood that hatred. You know, when she said, I forgive you, I was blown away. And it was like a modern day miracle for me. It was, it was the word coming to life. You know, where it says to forgive those who sure. have trespassed against you. It wasn't just something you say in church. Yeah. You know, and then I started to realize the strength of it and what the belief in Christ is. Somewhere I read it says, a belief is only as strong as the actions that it produces. And I was, it was, that was coming to life. And, you know, and I saw her whole family. It wasn't just Renee, but her entire family came and professed their mm -hmm. forgiveness for me. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it was the most unbelievable thing. It's and a total it miracle. It was a modern day miracle. And then they started talking about a reduction of sentence. Now, mind you, I had appealed three times. Man said no every single time. I got denied on the Florida <laughs> Supreme level, then in the United States Supreme Court, they even denied it. Yeah. There was one motion that was left, and that's where it, there are no uh, statutes to be, to be quoted, but in that day, there were some scriptures quoted. <laughs> so the judge on the bench wow. let everybody in that courtroom know who was really in charge that day. Wow. wow. And they released you with her to go and speak on the dangers of, of driving under the influence. Yes, they did. And that, it's in and Florida. he was still incarcerated at that time. Yeah. He yeah. Was, we started in 2010, so his sentence was up in 2012 after the reduction. Mm -hmm. so, um, so he got out, though, in 10? He got, no, he got out in 12, got out but in he 12. got out as an inmate in the custody of the right. local sheriffs to uh -huh. go with me to speak at school. So he was handcuffed, chained, shackled. Yeah. And, now um, he's not having any of that on now. No. Absolutely not. So shackles are broken. Yeah. They were broken. Uh, and is the, is the group there that gave you the pardon, are they happy about it? Does the state <laughs> seem to be happy about it? Are people rejoicing at this miracle? 
They because are. Because it's uh, amazing. Absolutely. The Department of Corrections in the state of Florida uh, is actually riddled with Christians. Christians. Uh, we awesome. didn't know it, yeah. but God is at work at, in, at all levels. I'd like to get some churches riddled yeah. with Christians. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just like to see you prison. You got to go to church when you get, and try to get them, you know, set free. That, that's, by the way, that's what we're giving away. Right. It's right. freedom. Very and we're trying to set girls that are trafficked free. Mm. Is this a great story yeah. of a grace of God here? Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. So you all want to go and speak. You have a website that if people wanted you to come speak, they could find you? DUIPromise.com. DUIPromise.com. Right. And then we're and, on Facebook. Too. Yeah, and you all would go travel to speak even out of state and so absolutely. forth. It's just, just Florida anywhere. that needs help. You know, Texas has some issues too, you know. Yeah. Oh, everywhere. Come to Texas. <laughs> We've, God has blessed us with the ability. We've talked to a couple of professional uh, football teams. Um, we've been given the opportunity to go up to New York. Uh, we've been uh, to South Dakota. South Dakota. Mm -hmm. uh, he's taken us around, but what our hope and our passion is, is to spread the love of Christ and to show the world how, how much forgiveness can impact the world. Well, you can do it effectively. You can do it effectively, and you can hear that. There's, there's the website. Get, get them to come to your area. And here's the thing I want to say to both of you, that I think this you need to understand multiplying. You could both be effective each of you. In other words, you wouldn't always have to be right. together. Like you could go on your own. Right. You could go on your own so that you wouldn't always have to be matching schedules. You could do All I'm saying to you is there is so much truth in each one of you that you need to understand that, that you can be trusted with the story right. because God's writing the story with your lives right now, your mm -hmm. countenance right now, the way you look, the yeah. beautiful smile, the Thank peace, you. and the confidence and the way you speak and project, Eric. It's a real gift from God. Don't you agree yeah. that God's just going <laughs> to use them? And, and I really hope and I pray, I pray that all of you who are sitting here see the importance of forgiveness, not digging two graves, two prisons, and also the fact that you can express the grace of God when you experience it. Father, I pray for everyone watching, wherever they are right now, they would forgive and they would ask you to forgive and they would experience your grace just in a moment of trust in Jesus' name. You see the telephone number there? You want someone to pray with you? You say, I want to know God as my father. I want a new life. Be forgiven. Be a forgiver. Just call and say, that's what I want. Send you a book that I wrote called Knowing God as Father. And it's also a simple Bible study. We are doing our best, both of you know, I've already referenced it, to set free victims in sexual trafficking that have been preyed upon and taken, many of them as little girls. I want you to watch, please, please. And what if you could do what you just heard? Totally set someone free. And you would be the one that had the keys because you do. Watch. If brokenness had a face, it would be Darlene's. Her spirit, her will, her body, all at the cruel hand of sex trafficking. <laughs> Bên tay, bên nào mùi dị thôi, dị bên xin lập. Nhưng bên trên tạo kê. Hàm, tới bên tập bài, bên ai chỗ.
You know, James, as I, as I watch that, I, my first impression is I want to go and wrap my arms around that precious girl and wipe her tears and say, it's going to be okay. Someone's coming to help you. You're going to get the help that you so want. You're going to get that freedom that you ask for. And we can do that through our sharing of our love and our hope for them that we give them, that God's put in us. If we'll just all join together and make a place, a safe place for these precious children to go away from all the abuse and the prison and, the, and all the lies and everything that they're told so that they can imprison them and make them do what they want them to do and destroy their precious lives. I hope you will join with us. You know, she said it's just like hell, and it is because she's a prisoner. This is not something she chose to do. And she hasn't felt love, but she's about to because you're going to love her. Like Betty said, I want to love her. And the thing is that our mission workers, these are the most beautiful people who will go in there in that pain and put their arms around when with our help can actually reach them and rescue them, and then we are able to restore them. Um, there's so much that we're not able to show you. A lot of times we can't show you the mission and relief workers' faces because then they become a target. When that gets out, and, and our program's online worldwide, not just on networks, but you can watch Life Today anytime by going to lifetoday.org and click up today's program or any other program on there. If you missed one, so if you see these people, then it can endanger them. So many of the programs that we shoot, and, and I don't know because I didn't see someone else there, but there could have been a hidden camera. And she's just telling her story to somebody listening. Much of the footage we do, have, we have to do it that way. It's, it's a very, it's a dangerous thing, and yet people plant their life there. So here's the thing. You owe the keys to her prison. And if we give the workers the resources not only to maintain the centers that you've built, we're completing some more now because you've helped us in the past to be able to do that. But right now, we've got thousands, thousands that we see that we can get if we can raise the funds, and the average is $128. So if you could give $128, that would have, we'd be able to send the resources. That's what we're waiting to do. I mean, we're just like releasing a river of love but we have to have the resources. You provide them. Betty and I do our part. Don't ever wonder. Not only by going all over the world, but by ourselves giving. But we can't do it all. We have to do it together. So if you will dial that number 
or if you'll go to lifetoday.org. Just go there. That's the easiest way. Take your bike card or dial the number and make the gift God puts on your heart. If you could give $1,280 as an example, that's 10 rescued. Would you do that? If the 128, but then you may say, I can't do that. 64 doubled, we got it. 32 and three others join you, we got it. Do not excuse yourself and say, I don't have enough. You've got the key. So please, right now, make the gift God puts on your heart. We've got some things we're going to send you to bless you. We've got the songs and praise of freedom. We've got a book that helps us preserve freedom and a beautiful painting by Thomas Kincaid that'll be sent to you framed. We want to say thank you, but you are setting these precious girls and children, sometimes their children, that are about to now be trafficked. Would you please make that call? Please do it or go online and make the gift God put on your heart. You're giving life. You're giving freedom. Thank you so much for doing it. Innocent children created to be happy, loved, and cared for are being abducted and sold at the hands of violent predators. Their spirit and bodies broken under horrific emotional and physical abuse. Through Mission Rescue Life, you can reach out to save children vulnerable to sex traffickers. You can help rescue those already enslaved and you can restore their lives with hope for a future. Your gift today of only $128 will help rescue a child and change their destiny forever. With gifts of $64 or $32, we will combine your support with others to help rescue one more child from the shame and pain of sexual slavery. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the Songs of Freedom CD, a collection of 10 uplifting worship songs that are sure to become a favorite for your quiet time, drive time, or personal worship. In addition to the CD, you'll receive Indivisible, a powerful soul-stirring book by James Robison and Jay Richards. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,280 to help rescue 10 children, and you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, Betty and I just say thank you. Please, if you ever get a busy because people are calling in to trust Christ and want someone to pray with them, or many are calling to help, then you just be determined. And you go online or call until you get through. Setting people free, and we're going to send you the songs of freedom, indivisible. We're in the process of losing our freedom in this great country of ours. And most, most of the world is praying for us because if freedom falls here, it's like to topple everywhere. And most people know that in other countries. I want to say thanks for the freedom that Renee and Eric have shared with us. Freedom to forgive, the freedom that comes from being forgiven. Would you express your thanks uh, to Eric and to uh, Renee? You've been such a blessing. And there is their website again. You see it? You get them and get them to come. All right, and then let me show you again, stream.org. Make that your daily news source and inspiration and how to get this nation out of darkness. All right, thank you so much for watching.
be sure to visit stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org. Tomorrow, meet the Benham Brothers, whose reality program Flip It Forward on HGTV was canceled because they refused to compromise their beliefs, whatever the cost. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.